So welcome to the Project Plenty podcast series, where we ask the question, what will 2030 look like? And we'll ask that question across a range of topics important to Queensland and to our church. It's a series of conversations that will help us enter into a whole of church discernment and planning exercise that we hope might give shape to our life in the next decade. Over the course of this series, we'll invite our guests to reflect on this question, what 2030 looks like from their perspective and ask what role the Uniting Church could play as this future approaches. My name's Scott Guyatt, and I'm glad that you can join us. I'm joined today by two very special guests, uh, moderator of the Uniting Church Synod of Queensland, Reverend David Baker, and the moderator-elect, Reverend Andrew Gunter. Welcome, gentlemen, and thanks for hanging out with me today. Thanks, Scott. It's great to be here. What is a moderator-elect, Andrew? Just fill me in (laughs) there. Is that the right term? Well, I think, Scott, by the time I come moderator, maybe I could tell you what moderator <laughs> is. Um, but I guess it's uh, it's just a chance, isn't it, to have a look at the role of moderator, um, get a bit of training. Yeah. Uh, apprenticeship is probably a close Yeah, burden. okay. So you're in the hot seat from the 35th Synod this October. That's exactly the, right. Yeah. Take over the big desk upstairs. The beginning of the 35th Synod. The begin- yes, the first night. Lad. Yeah, not yeah. the end. <laughs> <laughs> the beginning of the 35th Synod. So, so we're here uh, kind of about halfway through this thing called Project Plenty. Um, last week released this report called What We Heard, which is an attempt to summarise you know, six months of kind of wandering around the state listening to what people are passionate about, what their sense is about what our church needs to be into over the next few years. Um, Dave, you were with me at a number of those yeah. kind of sessions, you know, over that past six months. What did you make of it? What did you hear along the way? Yeah. Um, um, I, I was impressed by uh, numbers who attended and the level of energy hmm. um, in the room uh, to participate in this. Um, you know, obviously when the Synod initiates this kind of process, there's all kinds of classic Queensland responses to uh, something coming out of Brisbane. Uh, and... Um, and, and I, I frankly expected to hear more cynicism uh, from ministers and in the space than I've heard. And I've been really heartened by the fact that um, uh, I think particularly lay, but also uh, lay leaders, but also ministry leaders have taken this opportunity very seriously. Mm. I coin a phrase um, out of my experiences that Cynicism is a luxury we realise we can no longer afford. Yeah, okay. uh, and I think a lot of congregations, and I think particularly the congregational space, um, are realising that um, it's, it's, it's imperative that we get our act together yeah, okay. um, and, and order, order our life with a sense of purpose. And I think Project Plenty's hit that, hit that realisation and met with that, yeah. um, that realisation and, and is helping that realisation crystallise. And uh, have you picked up some kinds of key themes then, you know, in, of those voices? Yeah, so um, I, I'm really heartened that um, this, this, the question and the idea, the theme of discipleship is emerging. And I think for me, that's what I've really been hearing around the church for the last maybe five, ten years. Mm. Um, and it is this journey that we're taking as a church, as an entity within society, that we're realising we're no longer seen as the benign 
great aunt sitting in the corner of the family fellowship time, you know. Okay. That, that That's we, a mental image of sitting well, for a little while. Yeah, the, well, the Royal Commission <laughs> yeah, um, uh, and a number of other matters mm. and, and the public debates around social mm. issues mm. Uh, have meant that um, our traditional views have been put under scrutiny and been found wanting yeah. and our traditional way we've operated has been, has been seriously found wanting. So now, in some senses, we have to articulate... Um, uh, in commercial terms, what our value proposition is. Uh, and, uh, and, and I think that uh, the realisation that we're in now in that space where we're not a benign presence, we're a presence uh, that we have to articulate why we're here and what benefit and what, what, what gift we bring mm. um, is a really good mm. thing, exercise for us to be called into. Most, most excellent. Andrew, you've kind of dipped in and out a little bit, been at a couple of sessions with us and you know, we've caught up a little bit. What have you yeah. made so far of what you've heard, what you're hearing people talking about, wrestling with? Yeah, I, I mean, I, th I think it's, uh, again, uh, a little on the line of, of what David's already said, is this whole call to discipleship. And, but it's an interesting uh, time, I think, and uh, I, I, I'm a minister in... Congregational minister at Oxy Uniting Church at the moment, and uh, it's interesting that the congregation, nearly independently of Project mm. Plenty, although we've had engagement with that, have actually identified for themselves this whole idea of discipleship. Mm. And so, in re-looking at our own values at Oxley in the last uh, last year, um, one of the five core values that we came up with was discipleship. And so, so this is a uh, this is resonating with uh, me at the local level uh, at Oxley, but also. Uh, hearing that through some of the public gatherings, and I was in uh, the Bremer Brisbane uh, spaces, yep. but also in some of the other spaces around the Synod, and, and, and that's great. Uh, I mean, some of the other stuff that I'm hearing, which I think is also, um, I, I think it's really exciting, and I, and I hope that we can work on ways to, to engage, is, is, to, is to think about this whole idea of being one church again, you know, and so that bringing all mm -hmm. the parts of this church kind of back in to the, into the centre and saying, actually, we're all, this is all church. How do, how do we have a sense of ownership of all those parts and how do those parts help us to, to see our place back in society, mm -hmm. you know? And so, so re-engaging that, you know, I, I know the church, I was a bit, I, I was just a young fellow when uh, some decisions were made about maybe in you know, a sort of centralising things around uh, aged care facilities and things like that. And there was, there was a whole lot of reasons why we did that uh, about compliance and things. But it, it kind of left that separation. And, and to see how do we come back together. And what I really appreciated is it's coming from some of the agencies. You know, it's coming from our schools. It's yep. coming from our, our agency work. It's coming through all sorts of places that they're actually saying, we want to come back into the, into the centre, if you like. We've, yep. They've always been church, but they've been wanting to come back in. And I think yep. that's fantastic. And, uh, and I think that those sort of, that sense of this whole idea of one church mm. can give us a real sense of the presence that we have in community and... Uh, and, and, it, and, it, and I was just reflecting uh, on the scriptures this week from uh, Matthew 5, where it talks about, Jesus talks to us about being the salt and the light. Mm. 
you know, we're there to provide a flavour into 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 society, into the whole world, and we've actually got lots of parts of the flavour out there. You know, whether it's through through support, through schools, or it's uh, you know down at the down at a local aged care facility or a respite place or whatever it is, we have all these points when we're adding flavour to society. Yeah. And, and we've got to reclaim that, I think. I think this is the big part for us now, which I'm appreciating, is how do we reclaim some of those things? You know, as David said, it's, uh, it's been a, a, a bit of a, a torrid time for us at the church, royal commissions of cast a, a, a lot of reputational damage on us and we need to we need to own some of those absolutely. failures of the yes, past yes. absolutely yeah. but we actually need to also say well how are we going to be better hmm. how are we going to reclaim our saltiness hmm. what is it and, and what does that mean for us to, to reclaim those spaces yeah. so I really I'm excited about that what's coming out of project plenty and I'm hoping that that uh, that we can that particularly in congregation land they can see that there's some excitement coming out of our agencies and mm. our schools mm. yep. uh, and, and those other parts of the church that sometimes don't even, you know, kind of get too much of a run, but they're actually out there, they're on the ground, mm. they're doing some fantastic stuff. And um, how, do we, how do we bring them all together and say, hey, this is, this is the salt, mm. we, and, and we need to, to be, be on board with that. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited by the project. Before we kind of move on from discipleship and let that go, um, you know, 10, 15 years ago, everything was mission, 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 mm-hmm. and everyone that used the word meant something different by it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is it possible that that's where we're at with discipleship? It's mm-hmm. the flavour of the month, and everyone that uses the word means mm-hmm. something different by mm-hmm. it. What are, what are we actually talking about when mm-hmm. we talk about discipleship? Dave, you're, like, you've got a cheeky grin on your face. <laughs> well, uh, uh, I'd say it's as... Uh, as brutally concrete as taking the way of the cross. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for me, I, I'll go back to um, uh, Brendan McKee at the, was that the 32nd Synod, 30, yes, I um, think so. who, who really, for me, uh, unpacked that uh, in, um, out, out of the nonviolent tradition of Christianity, unpacked that in a very concrete way, um, that what, it, what, what does it mean to take the way of the cross. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's not giving up chocolate or coffee for mm. Lent or Facebook. Um, it is it, it is actually a, a journey that has character has particular characteristics, uh, and and I think uh, I, I found that incredibly helpful for just for my own journey. Um, and uh, so I, you're absolutely right, Scott. And and in some you know discipleship is a multivalented word. Uh, the most important thing will be. Uh, for Christian communities and agencies and schools to unpack what's what does the journey of discipleship mean mm. here? Yes, um, and yeah. put some put some actions to it, um, uh, and uh, and and enter into the journey of the breadth of discipleship, mm. because um, you know for some discipleship will be about talking about climate justice, mm. talking about um, uh, reconciliation with the first peoples. Mm. Uh, it will be those things because they are gospel things. Yeah, um, for others, they find them to be just trendy in the city stuff and don't connect to. Mm. But discipleship is about how do we uh, build the strength of uh, young people in our local schools? Mm. Uh, you know, how do we support um, uh, 
uh, fragile age who are living alone in local communities. So, you know, I, I would still call for um, what... We, the danger is exactly that. It becomes a word that means mm. anything and nothing. The, the challenge will be, well, what is it... How does it real in your context? Yep. And and how are you going to get other let others who see a different aspect of it inform your view of it? Mm. That's the Uniting Church peculiar gift. Yes, yes, it is. Absolutely. Andrew, why does the church need to be reminded that discipleship matters? That's the question I Yeah, why? I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? You know, some of the... David's talking about some of the markers, and it's interesting... <laughs> Last Sunday's reading was about the Beatitudes, yeah. you know, yeah. the Sermon on the Mount, yeah. and Jesus pointing out a kind of whole. In Jesus' day, it was it was really countercultural. It was revolutionary to say that the blessings were going to be heaped upon those people who were on the margins. Mm. The blessings were going to be heaped on those people who often were the downtrodden and the people who weren't, you know, weren't considered important. Mm. And, and Jesus sort of puts it on its head. And, and the, the blessings are the markers for us even today, you know. And as David said, you know, the blessings are, we can see that. So the blessings could be as much, and the marks of discipleship could be as much as supporting those who mourn, mm. you know. Yep. How, mm. how do we actually get alongside those mm. who are dealing with grief and loss? Mm. Uh, supporting those who are unhappy in spirit. And to me, that's the whole mental health issue. How, how are we living that that blessing out? How, and, and part of it is not to say who's in and who's out of the church, but in fact, how it is that we're called to be a blessing to the whole world? And what is it that we're going to do? And the great thing is the Beatitudes are actually so broad that we can find ourselves lots of spaces. But actually, in some ways, they're, they're narrow enough for us to say, Actually, should we be in this other space? How does that line up against something like the Beatitudes? Now, the Beatitudes are just one, uh, one part of the markers of discipleship. But uh, there are lots of markers that I think we need to actually re-engage with. How are we engaging with those markers so that we can truly say that, yes, we are following the way, that we are followers of the way yeah. of Christ? Um, and uh, and I'm, I'm really I'm caught up in a moment about this idea of being p- followers of the way. Mm. It actually comes to us from Acts nine, believe mm. it or not. There's lovely little and I like it because that early church didn't call themselves Christians. Mm. That wasn't yeah, yeah. That was, that's a term that comes in much later. But what they saw themselves is they were following the way of the one who went to the cross. Mm. And for them, it was a whole part, it was a whole sense of journey that they wanted to follow throughout their lives. And it was, they were on that, they were those pilgrims on the journey. And, uh, and they were going that way, the way of the cross that this one man went. And um, yeah, I, I've just been resonating with that a little more recently. I think, well, what does it mean for us as a church to be on the way? And interesting, we've got those kind of wonderful overtones back to our whole base of union where we call ourselves in, um, you know, that we are pilgrims always on the way. Mm. Always on the way. And so that, that sense of being that, those people on the way. 
And I guess at times we need to stop and say, have we deviated from the way? How do we get back? And I like the fact I think Project Plenty brings us back, brings us back to one of the key points, which is discipleship and about being that sense of God's people into the world. I uh, am deeply impressed that as moderator-elect, you found a way to quote the basis of union. Well that, thank well you. Yeah, yeah, Clearly yes. part of the job description. Like yes, over yes. this next six months, learn to work the basis of union into each conversation. <laughs> Nicely done. Um, <laughs> as, as I've listened to the feedback around discipleship and lots of the conversations, there seem, I mean, there's lots of different ways to kind of carve that particular cake up. But one of the ways that I've started to see it is that I've heard people talk about three different things. One is the opportunity for people to in a sense, decide to follow the way. So that's a kind of, that's an evangelism sort of a thing. Absolutely. What's the message? Who are we talking to? The second kind of theme, if you like, is all around formational learning. You know, what is it that we are learning about how to follow the way? How are we forming, being formed? And the third then is the actual living out, you know, and so that's where we dip into some of the other themes that are in this report around, you know, the way we're active in our local communities, Mm. and we've talked about a bunch of those, um, the way we are kind of oriented towards the world and so I've started to kind of just think about discipleship you know through those three different lenses of deciding and learning and living mm-hmm. you know and, mm-hmm. and uh, okay. you know we might play with that a little bit mm. we've talked so far mostly about about in a sense our, our orientation or maybe identity you know purpose some of those sorts of things there've also been a bunch of feedback that we've heard along the way that are around I guess, capacity or constraint kinds of things. You know, what is it that holds us back? How do we organise ourselves? What's the climate of, you know, kind of fin- the financial climate or the compliance kind of, you know, climate? Any comments around those sorts of themes that we've also kind of heard over the last few months? Um, it's cert- uh, to be a good corporate citizen in the world and to exercise um, a ministry, um, activities um, in, in the... In our context, we certainly uh, have to demonstrate uh, a level of um, compliance, mm-hmm. a level of uh, uh, activity, mm-hmm. and and have to show how we are doing that. So, it's the cost of doing business, yeah, yeah. and that's simply that's the bottom line. Um, it it really does ask us a question of how committed we are to uh, the purpose that we're about. That if we say, oh, having to get blue cards is too much hassle, so we just won't do it. Mm. Uh, so I think I think it does ask a question of um, us how committed we are to what we're about, mm. uh, and uh, and and it will it will challenge us to raise our uh, to raise our um, the quality of our offering. I think, and I I think that won't be a bad thing. Uh, the, it, just finished reading a book on the history of the Gulf of Carpentaria mm-hmm. and the cattle industry up there for, uh, for uh, up until the 1970s was essentially um, uh, chuck a few cattle out on those big, big properties um, and then every year muster as many as you can find and send them off to market. Yeah. It, was a, it was a fairly crude yeah. business model. Uh, and uh, but in the 70s and 80s came the brucellosis eradication scheme imposed by the, the government, br- the brucellosis eradication scheme, okay. which was a program imposed by government to get rid of a, a disease in, okay. in the cattle herd of Queensland. 
And what that meant was every cattle had to be found, tested, uh, and and um, and they were culled if they were positive to brucellosis. But what it forced the cattle stations on the Gulf to do was to adopt a better um, a better cattle management yeah, okay. husbandry system, yeah. which actually meant they were five to ten times more productive mm. in their in in their business than they were before. And uh, that was a salutary tale for yeah. me. As I read that story, mm. I thought, well, are we going to see compliance as an enemy yeah. and just whinge against it? Mm. Or are we going to see it as um, <clears throat> forcing us to think about the whole of our work mm. and how we do it? And I think um, it's got the opportunity for us to lift our game across the board. And so I take hope from the story of the cattle stations in the Gulf. And the brucellosis. And the brucellosis <laughs> eradication scheme, which I had something little to do with uh, in the 1970s, mm. that, um, you know, there are external factors that force you to look at how you're doing things. Yeah. And you can either whinge against them and go, it's terrible, it's horrible, or you can go, actually, there's some sense in this, yeah. and maybe it'll help us do our job better yeah. across the board. I, I do sometimes wonder if, you know, when things feel like they're, kicking along, okay, kind of tickety-boo, we're never really motivated to have a good hard look at ourselves. Yeah, a bit of hunger's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, Andrew, we've also picked up uh, some feedback along the way around how we make the most of our assets, the you know, the mm-hmm. buildings and the places we are, the presence that we have, and how we use what we have more effectively, perhaps, or mm-hmm. as hubs for community. Um, you kind of pick up any themes around those sorts of questions, you know, in the circles you've been moving in, mm-hmm. and as you start to kind of prepare for this next job. It, uh, it's it's interesting, isn't it? Those assets are. I mean, we should be so thankful. We have absolutely. been incredibly blessed, extraordinary, with a, a, a suite of properties right across the state. Um, that is a legacy from. A, a, forebears of our church and uh, and we should be incredibly grateful for them for their stewardship um, for that but the reality is that just as the forebears had to make decisions about where churches should be and what sort of what was going to fit for purpose for them in that time they would expect us I'm sure to think well, what's fit for purpose now you know uh, the church of the of the the late 19th and early 20th century is very different to the and the community is very different now so what's fit for purpose now what what actually works with us in our worship style now and where are we in communities now is is very different you know that that whole sense of the the church in the market square that we kind of inherited uh, predominantly from Europe uh, is very different now and uh, so how do we how do we find those spaces that we're connecting into our local communities, and what, and where do they need to be? Um, and I, so I think that yes, I think lots of people are asking those questions, and we've also got buildings that are aged, and and ones. they yeah. cost a lot of money yeah. to maintain, and, and I know congregations are struggling to, yeah. to just to, to do that, and and they are asking the question: Is this what we're really called to do? Yeah. Is that one of the marks of being a disciple is maintaining property, or is it actually doing something different yeah. with that, with that property or those resources? Hmm. And uh, so I think what well, I'm seeing a lot of good debates and good hard questions, and 
Some places are probably struggling, you know, if you've got a heritage-listed building somewhere, <laughs> it's a difficult thing. Yeah. It's difficult. I don't think we should ever underestimate how hard some of these decisions are. Mm. But I do think that the fact that people are starting to wrestle with it is a sign of, yeah, it's time. It's time to think about that. Mm. And where do we need to be? And, uh, and the other thing is, you know, going back to the whole idea of the one church stuff, hey, if, if Blue Care's got a meeting room that's up the hill and it meets all the disabilities requirements... It's air-conditioned. And it's air-conditioned <laughs> and it's got space at the back where kids could run around, uh, which is safe kid space, yeah. Yeah. could we do something worshipping there, yeah. you know? What's, what's the possibilities? Yeah. You know, we've got a lot of property if you look across the whole organisation structure. How do we start to think a bit more laterally? Mm. How do we start to, come, to get people that, in those conversations? And I think, I think I'm really excited that, that I think the agencies in particular are wanting to do that. And the schools probably too. And I, I haven't been part of school conversations. Yeah. But, you know, a lot of our schools have really nice chapels. Um, well, I think, I mean, the Lakes uh, College and North Lakes Uniting Church co-located, you know, what, a couple, what a couple a, years ago now. What a great example. Um, you know, and, and mm. you know, yeah. forging a closer relationship, mm. is my understanding, through, through that co-location. Absolutely. Mm. And, and I think there's a great example of something where a, a school and, and a congregation are working together. And not, don't get me wrong, I think there's always those points of negotiation yes. and points of how do, yeah. we, how do we make some yeah. of that work. Yeah. But how do we use our property... To its potential, yeah. and uh, I think we're I think we're on the way. So there's a way. couple of examples I've taken to using in in this area because I like them. Um, you know, one is the the little congregation of Woolgaroo on the south side of Townsville, who, yeah. you know, a couple of years ago started experimenting with a, a cancer care centre. So you know, okay. caring for people with cancer, and and in a sense, caring for their carers as well, mm. and reshaped their property around that vision. And have moved on now to a new program called Connections on Kulgoa. The church is on Kulgoa Street in Wulgaroo. You know, but again, using mm. the facilities, the assets that they have Great. as a yeah. hub for the, the broader community. Yeah. Um, and then Redcliffe, you know, in the, on the north yeah. side of Brisbane, you know, working with partners in, for example, Uniting Care, thinking about what are the assets, how do we make this facility work as a hub for community. Yeah. Um, so there's a couple of really good examples, uh, the, mm. the Lakes College and North Lakes being another. Yeah, great example. So we sit here at the start of February. We are uh, nine months away from the 35th Senate in session. We've got a lot of work to do between now and then. Um, what's, you know, what, do you, what do you see as important for us over the next couple of months as we go from this listening into, a, in a sense, you know, doing the so what now, what kind of work of well, what are we going to do with all of this? Um, Dave, what, you know, what do we need to make sure we keep our eye on for the next few months? Well, I think... Uh I, I'll th- purpose mm-hmm. uh, and 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 I purpose think purpose for project plenty purpose for no, us no. As church P- purpose for all the parts of the church okay. mm. uh, and 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 uh, and project plenty provides this great context umbrella mm. uh, space for relationships space space for discussion uh, and collaboration around where we can align together. Uh, I, I do think we all each have to keep an eye on our purpose, mm. uh, and um, and 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 articulate and discover for just 
in our gut, really, a yeah. compelling purpose that energises and motivates us. Yeah. Uh, and and that, may, that will be concrete in a, in a local context. Mm. Um, and that's going to be the art of negotiation mm. in every local congregation. And then the common ground with the other parts of the life of the church. Mm. Um, you know, we can't expect other parts just to... To deliver to us what we want, so that we can do what we oh, need really? to do easier. Why not? Um, <laughs> Can I just uh, send a list? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and um, but I think it is the exploring of um, what gifts we each bring, mm -hmm. uh, and that's in the local congregational context, or as a congregation discusses uh, or enters into discussions with with uh, United Care or the hospitals or the schools or whatever. Wesley, so Wesley Mission, yeah, Wesley yeah. Mission and mm -hmm. what it's doing. So I think I think it is about. Um, well, I go, I'm old enough now, so I'm going back to things. But, you know, Ken and Callahan in the early, late, late, late 80s, early 90s, 12 keys, um, uh, and it, what his first key was, uh, and it stayed with me, concrete, specific missional objectives. Mm. Who are we seeking to be a blessing to? Yeah. Um, and that'll mean a decision that we won't be seeking to be a blessing to. Yeah. To someone else. That's a great question, though. I mean, it's mm. still a great question. Yeah, it is. Exactly. It is. Um, mm. So let's 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 ground this mm. into yeah. Yeah. unchurched Harry, unchurched Mary, and yeah. their two kids who live in yeah. the wastelands of suburbia, and their hopes and aspirations for their their marriage, for their children, mm. and how do we speak as a Christian community into their life, mm. Mm. Um, and what does the gospel speak to them um, in the midst of this rampant consumerism? Um, that we're that we're caught up in. So I think for us as churches and 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 uh, particularly the congregations, because you know the agencies and the schools almost you know they're establishing entities. Their constitutions give them a clear focus, mm. whereas congregations have to do the hard work of yeah. of, of of refining that more so. So um, getting that clear focus and saying that's what we're going to pursue is, I think. Um, and how Project Plenty gives the encouragement, the support, um, and the sense of your con the encouragement that you're connecting into this big vision and that's helping me do what I need to do locally. That's going to be the fun part. Andrew, you do take on the big seat in October when Project Plenty kind of, you know, as a particular point in the process where we're going to come together as the 35th Synod to think a little bit about the next five years. Yeah. What, what do we need to kind of bring to the table at that, at that point? What are you looking for? I'm just going to make a little list here. Of all the things oh, the yeah, okay. <laughs> What's your hopes? What do you hope we get to Look, by the time we get to October? You know, I, I guess for me that the, the real hope is that people, firstly, will have had an opportunity to have some input. Hmm. Um, and look, if you're coming to the if you're coming to the whole thing uh, a little bit late, I don't think it's too late. Not at all. You know, I, no. I think that, and, and I think like every plan, the, the ongoing conversation will refine and renew and and do all those sorts of things as well. But but engage with it. Mm. But more importantly, I think, talk to someone else. Mm. You know, go out and have a conversation, have a coffee with someone. In fact, go out and have a conversation with someone outside the church mm. and ask them, what do you think about this church thing, you know? Now, you know, some people will say all sorts of things like you know, maybe it's irrelevant and, you know, rah, rah, rah. And, but I actually ask them some, some harder questions than what do you think about this church thing and say, what, are you, what would you want to do? What would you want to see in a, in a community-based 
faith-based organisation that would support you. Don't let them get away with it's relevant. But, but ask them to think, what are the big pictures of the community in which they, they live in? What are the problems? And how can the church start to get back to adding the salt and the light to those problems, to be, to be working together with people who actually want to see thriving communities, safe communities, communities which are supporting people with mental health issues. Go and have those conversations, you know, and then let us know. Bring them back. Don't, don't just think, ooh, you know, that, bring them back. Take them to your local church because yeah. that's where they're going to be lived out. That's right. One of the things I, I think about Project Plenty that's come through too is we've got to get back to the idea that, that this stuff is lived out in local congregations. Mm. You know, we as, a, we as a synod, and I'll, I'll, I'll include myself in the we, I'll be in the, as you said, I'll be in the big seat. Um, we as a synod, can, we can support, but we cannot be out on, the, out on your high street on a Saturday afternoon. There, that's got to be you. And you've got to find out what am I doing on the high street on a Saturday afternoon? Do I even need to be on the high street on a Saturday afternoon? You know, is there some place where 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 do we need to be? But I think I'm hoping that what flows on from this is more opportunities for people to actually go and ask the questions in their local communities about what do you want? What do you want us to be here? What what are the things that are important to you? What matters to your life so that you can live? the kind of life that you feel that brings wholeness. So I'm really hoping that people then come along to whatever meetings they get to, because I know we'll have some more, a bit more town halls yeah, to absolutely. bring this out, or whether they're actually coming to the Synod, come with all that stuff. Come with your knowledge of what's happened locally yeah. so that we can actually plug that in and get the bigger picture overview so that we can work out the best ways we can support you to go back and do that. So we can work out where are we going to put our resources for the next five, ten years to make those things happen for your community. So, you know, just get out there and have the conversation. Yeah. Um, I think it's the key thing. Mm-hmm. And most people always want to talk about what's important to them. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't what think is this is hard stuff. That's yeah. where you start from, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And, and actually because those conversations often lead in to the deeper conversations about faith, about spirituality, and then opportunities maybe for you to say why you believe what you believe, you know, and that's uh, why you're on the way. So opportunities are there. Beautiful. Yeah. Uh, as you've said, it's definitely not too late for people to jump in. Um, I'd suggest, you know, first step, maybe download the What We Heard report. Absolutely. Uh, have a read. Uh, two questions we want to kind of ask people to reflect on as they do that. Does this land for you in your context? So that's what we've talked about a lot. Does mm. this is this making sense? And secondly, what where would you prioritise? You know, and what what of these issues that we're naming across the life of the church matter? Uh, we want to encourage people to uh, join the Facebook group for Project Plenty. In fact, as soon as this podcast finishes, park your car, get your phone out, join the Facebook group. <laughs> um, but that's a that is a way that you can uh, people can share some thoughts back with us. And then we'll be on the road again in a couple of months' time to come and meet with lots of people. Gentlemen, thank you very much for the conversation. Thank Uh, you for having us. For the reminder of some of those important questions about how it is that we be a blessing to those around us Mm. and a call to discipleship. Good on you. Every strength to you both. God bless. Thank you.